Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Father, we are grateful to you for bringing us into fellowship one more time. Thank you that your word is coming to bless us. It's coming to build us and we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Take your seat. The scripture we read points to two important things that define the dispensations in the Bible. The dispensation of the law and the dispensation of grace. And the Bible makes it very clear unto us that the Lord initiated the dispensation. I mean, there were so many other dispensations we have had a conscience and all of that, but these two are very, very important in Scripture. That the initiation of the dispensation of law came by Moses. And that of grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So we understand that there was a period of time where God was leading his people, relating um, with his people based on the law. You remember Moses was on top of the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights, and he came with the Ten Commandments. There were actually even more than that given. That was like a summarization of the bigger pack that was given because law of uncleanness, Bent offerings and all of that, they were all embedded in the Ten Commandments that were given unto Moses. So, in that dispensation, the law became a schoolmaster, and people went to God or related to Him based on the law. Unfortunately, the Bible said that when one of the laws was broken, all were nullified. That means that. Everybody at that time had to be in absolute or strict adherence to all the laws for the person to please the Lord or to be in righteousness. So under the law, it was very difficult for a man to walk in righteousness with God because you could decide not to fornicate or... You could decide not to kill anybody and then you find out that maybe um, you did something else. And that just makes all your righteousness like a filthy rag before the Lord. Because breaking one meant that the rest have been nullified. Somebody say mercy, Lord. So under the old covenant, mercy was very, very important. 
It's not like it's not important this time. But it was important then because the, the law and the judgment were very sharp. So eye for eye, tooth for tooth, God was operating in his full wrath. You just broke the law, bah, away bus. And God was using all kinds of punitive measures. He's not happy with you. By the time you know the earth has opened and you are going. In fact, I wish the law was here by now. There will not be any congregation to preach to. <laughs> so at that time, they needed to do several atonement, cutting animals, and uh, a lot of rituals to appease the Lord or to cover their sins. And uh, that brought the construction of the whole um, phenomenon about the ark of God in the holies of holies that um, contained the plagues, the, the Ten Commandments that were broken because, of course, the law was broken because the law was breaking men. And so, I mean, Moses left the people for a brief moment. He came and they were already worshipping some golden calf straight away. Human beings must worship something at all costs by all means. And so, those things were there, Aaron's staff or the rod that budded was also in the, in the Ark of the Covenant that was in the presence of the Lord. And then some other things, the manna was there, praise the Lord. So these are different things that the Lord had given to his people miraculously per time. And then there was also the covering of the Ark, which was like if you look at a, a coffin, a typical coffin, it's closed in a certain way, you understand? So when you take the lid of the coffin and you turn it upside down, you see that you have a hollow space that can contain something, like a tree. And so that tree became the containing point for all the blood that was sacrificed outside. So it had to be poured on that tree. And then there were some cherubim and seraphim on the ark. And so that tree that contained the blood became what is called the what? The mercy seat. And the reason why the blood was there was that no one was supposed to be exposed to what was contained in the ark, including the priest. And if a man was exposed to what was contained in the ark, that man died instantly. And so the separation between life and death, even at that time, typologically, was the mercy seat. So that instead of a man seeing into what was in the ark, the man saw the blood that was on the, on the ark, on the mercy seat. Are you here? Why? Because the blood was for the appeasement, for the atonement of the sins of the people. And when God also saw, literally, nakedly, the broken law, the rod that barred the manna, you know, the manna was... God's provision and also the worst time of the Israelite in terms of misbehavior. That the, the more he provided for them, the more they misbehaved. And they dishonored him so much that the manna does not just bring memories of miraculous provision, but it also brings memories of great dishonor and rebellion towards God. Are you here? What does it mean? What it means is that in the season of great provision, that can also be the season of our great dishonor to God. Yes. That is why when it comes to God <laughs> limiting somebody, um,
putting somebody aside. I mean, when the Bible says, woe unto you when you fall into the hands of God, it's very terrible. When God brings this terribleness on man, one of the times that this punishment becomes very stringent or what qualifies or puts a man in that condition to encounter such deep anger and punishment from God is when that man has received so much. Like to whom much is given, much is what required, expected. And so you find out that the people that God provided for, and he provided for the Israelites so much, he was providing for even the enemy nations, but what he did for the Israelites could not be compared to what the others were receiving. And so because he had gone out of his way to manifest his power in providing unto them, when they did not look at what he did, when they refused to remember his goodness, and went ahead to mama, rebel, and misbehave, it, it just was like, like these people cry, what do they take me for? These people, what do they take me for? Because you know that in a very genuine sense, love is what provokes provision. Two of us. For God so loved the world, he what? He gave. So anytime God is giving, he actually is expressing his what? His love. And when love is received and returned with that kind of awkwardness, it becomes like a splash in your face. So it was not just a misbehavior or disobedience. It was more of dishonoring God. For all that he did, if they could just dishonor him like that, he was just killing them by heart. And that's why at some point in time, Moses had to go to God and say, we beg. Don't kill again. I beg you, don't kill. So the thing with authority, when you are dealing with authority, whether it's God or an authority God has set over you, the Lord said that if I'm a master, if I'm, I'm a father, where is my word? Anna. So when we are dealing with God, the real thing, the key thing is Anna. Is what? Come on now. Is what? Same with parent. Anna, your what? Mother and what? Father. It's Anna. So if, if you are going to be talking negatively about the money you are giving to your parent, you might as well not give it. Because don't give it and go and talk at the back. Don't even entertain it in your heart. It's so dishonoring that it doesn't attract blessing. It attracts something else I don't want to mention because it's a Sunday morning. So you can see why God was always angry with the people when they did some things. Are you here? So the mercy seat was there for God to behold the blood that was sacrificed unto him for the atonement of the sins of the people. So God was also not literally allowed to look into the act to see the broken law, the manna, and the rod that bad it. <laughs> it's a serious matter. Somebody says, serious matter. So we see clearly that dispensation and the Bible says that men failed under the law. Men what? Failed under the law. Men could not meet up. We are too fallible to be governed by laws. Then when that failed and man could not reach, um, reach out to God in a proper way, the Lord made a better provision. And that provision was in grace. And the Bible says that grace and truth came by what? Jesus. Praise the Lord. So law had a person 
through whom the Lord introduced unto the people, Moses. And Jesus also was grace personified. And he's still grace personified. So grace came through Jesus. And that came to take the power of the law away and put something better there called what? Grace. So the curtain <laughs> was drawn and then people were brought in unto God um, on the channel of what? Jesus. That's why you read scriptures and Jesus talks about the fact that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, so Jesus became the fulfillment of all the law. He became what? Because man could not fulfill the law. So Jesus became, when, especially when he died and shed his blood on the cross. Because at that time, the blood of goats and sheep had to be sacrificed to cover the sins of the people maximum one year. And every year, new sacrifices had to be made for the priest to go and present it before the Lord on the, on the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat. So imagine that you buy for forgiveness for one year. And every year. But Jesus came and with his precious blood did a one-time payment. Clap for one-time payment. He did a one-time payment. He paid it all and he paid in full. Praise the Lord. So unlike under the old covenant when certain tokens and um, requirements were given to an offender or somebody who needed something spiritually to go and bring, maybe go and bring the dove's egg, go and bring dye red, go and bring something like this, like that. Jesus became the fulfillment of all. That once he offered his blood, the, the egg of the cow is inside the blood of Jesus. Have you seen the egg of a cow before? It's inside the blood of Jesus. Tell somebody all the contrary things. They are inside the blood of Jesus. The egg of a human being is inside the blood of Jesus. It's too powerful, Bia. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the all-in-all sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice that was offered. And so there is nothing that man was supposed to offer to God to appease to God, that was not found in the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus paid with his blood, he paid in full. Unlike under the law where you have to come after one year and come and write a contract again, come and come into contract again. So Jesus paid it in full. Praise the Lord. That's why he himself has become the propitiation. The substitution on our behalf. And by that payment, we have been justified. We have been sanctified. And all of that. So, grace came and grace writes on truth. It writes on what? <laughs> it's interesting how Bible could not help itself but to attach the truth to the grace. Why? Because Jesus himself is grace. And Jesus himself is the truth. Jesus is what? Jesus is the truth and Jesus is what? Grace. In that same John chapter 1. Jesus is the truth. 
Jesus is grace. I'm the way. The truth is not a truth there. Very definite. The truth and the life. So, grace, we can't talk about grace until we are talking about truth. Or until we are sustaining the, the principle of truth. Let me say it again. There is no expression of grace. Dispensing of grace. When truth is not on ground. When I do what is wrong, grace has covered it. Grace has captured it. Because it's been paid in full. Are you here? And because it's been paid in full, I can drink alcohol. I can, I can waste myself. I can blah, blah. But what, what that does is that it takes the element of relationship with God out of the equation. So that definition of grace makes your work with God more transactional than relational. Because you are, in your mind, you are using a provision God has made to be able to do things that give you gratification, pleasure, and you don't consider whether God is happy to pay for it or not. In your mind, he's already paid for it. Hello? And so, that kind of thinking is not correct. Because Grace must be found on truth. It must be found on what? On truth. So it is true that God forgives when something wrong is done. But it cannot be true that the grace of God available is the reason why you should continue to do what is wrong. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 1 so that I can continue from there. That's why anybody who must walk in grace must walk also in truth. Let's read it together. One go. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Look at Paul's answer. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer daring? So he said, God forbid. He said, it shouldn't happen that when you hear grace, what drives you is wrongdoing. But rather, grace should be a point for you to have confidence in approaching God that I was a sinner, I am saved, and therefore I have the liberty to appear before God. Praise the Lord. And because of the empowerment of grace, I can continue to live and not be affected by sin. That's why he's saying that, God forbid, give me the verse 2. Because the man that has grace... Is also dead to sin. Why? Because Christ died. And live no longer there, there, therein to satisfy the dictates of the sinful nature. Are you here now? So when a person is walking in grace properly, they don't have high appetite for sin because they behold God. Praise the Lord. So in a room... When you want to masturbate, once you know the Holy Spirit is inside you, it's just like he's there with you. How can you be masturbating with him? You get it? Because the mind of grace or the focus of grace is pointed to Christ. You are focused on Jesus. You always see him hanging on the cross. And you don't want to crucify him twice. And so doing that makes you put down the alcohol. 
It makes you put down whatever will displease him when you look at the pain he's suffering on the cross. That's why Jesus is grace personified. But what makes you to continually walk in that grace is truth. That's why a person would deviate from walking in grace when they catch falsehood, when they catch lies, when they catch deception, when they catch wrong doctrine. Are you here? When, when, when once you catch it, it becomes like an infection. It's like a virus. It just begins to destroy your equilibrium and your balance in working with God because it begins to confuse you and the lies become the foundation of your own new reality of truth. Especially if you keep hearing that lie over and over and over again, it replaces whatever is the truth. So, what sponsors grace? Bible says that grace and um, um, you say that grace be multiplied in the knowledge of Christ. So, grace multiplies the more you know Christ, and you know Christ by walking in truth. You know the truth; the truth shall set you free. Christ is the truth. Tell somebody, Christ is the truth. And what Jesus has said is what is true. Tell somebody, what Jesus has said is what is true. And so, when you want to walk in grace, you, you walk in truth. You cannot be walking in falsehood and say, I'm walking in what? Grace. Hey. It cannot be that a pastor who is anointed can sleep with someone's wife who is believing for the fruit of the womb. It cannot be the truth that the pastor is carrying the godly seed. That is not the definition of godly seed in the Bible. It's like you have a superior sperm that can destroy barrenness because you are anointed. That is not the truth. Are you there? Should I take my time? Because I have gone for a program before in a, in a, a particular time when we returned to Cape Coast. One girl followed us and she wanted an impartation. So she wanted my friend to sleep with her. He said that one would be direct. Like, we direct him, but she would get the power. Like, that this one that they are laying hands is going nowhere. It's a revelation, but it's not the truth. <laughs> it's because she's, she's tired of the Wi Fi and the Bluetooth. She wants direct connection. So you, you can see that, Charlie. The lady came by. I remember my friend went to escort her by the roadside, like. 200 meters or plus from their house to the roadside. By the time my friend left the roadside to his house, the girl was there again. Say, hey, are you a ghost? No, no, it's all Janina. I said, I'm not going today. Until you bless me today. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I ain't leaving today, brother. I got to have the anointing. Somebody say, hey. Grace has to work. The pastor's sperm has no godly seed when it's illegitimate. So don't let anybody bath you by the seaside as if you can't bath yourself and sleep with you because, because they have anointing and there's power in their sperm to break that barrenness. Boy, oh boy. Chaleco for Joe, when you were how? I already. <laughs> but the word of God is true and it's settled forever. There will be no surprises in heaven. 
No, it's what it is. What is written is what written. Can you give the Lord a big clap offering? Wow. So this is Jesus' first coming. Jesus' first coming. You will broadly define it as for the salvation of men. The first coming is for what? Salvation. First coming is what? Salvation. Then the Bible says that he will come back again. That's why it's a serious matter. The first coming man is sinful. Does not have provision to save himself. So he comes and offers himself as the provision for salvation. Now, after the salvation, he now is going to come back again. And this time around, the second coming is for judgment. The second coming is for what? And I love God. I love God because he refuses to judge us until he has made all the provision for us to escape that judgment. So that the judgment is not an expression of his anger, wickedness, but it's actually a demonstration of our disobedience, failure, lack of honor and respect for who he is and the provision he has made for us. Are you here? Come on now. Are you sure you are here? Should I say it again? Tell somebody the judgment. Because you see, when Jesus is coming, look at what will happen. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15, Look at what, there's a second coming. He said, for this we declare to you by the Lord's um, own word that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. So we will not go ahead of those who have died like people who served the Lord and have died, he said there would be no advantage. The second coming of Christ will not give advantage to whether you are the dead or those who are alive. Are you here? Come on now. Are you sure you are here? So, why is he saying so? He's saying so because something is going to happen. The next verse. Look at it. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, I'm praying that when rapture comes, I'll be alive here. Yeah. God, may every one of us be caught up in the spirit with the Lord. Say a big amen here. It says that, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with, with them in the clouds, we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. We shall be caught up. 
So you see that the whole party will start in the air. It's in the air. Shall it? You will see your grandma caught up in the air singing Hosanna. And the, the trumpet, the band, the angels will be singing, will be just dancing, dancing, carry me, they go. Jehovah, carry me, they go, they go. They will just be dancing in the air. And we're doing bye-bye to those who, <laughs> who remain here. <laughs> just say, Chale, Miko, Tell somebody you are not doing me bye-bye from anywhere. I'm going with you, Quiet. <laughs> I shall be caught up. It's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. You have to be determined that nobody will be doing you bye-bye here. It's a serious matter. Don't do ah, and then by the time you know, they are doing you bye-bye here. See that the party is in the air. We are going on kudung 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 yeah go hey someone say mercy lord kai so Jesus there is happily coming for his own praise the lord that happiness is sadness for some people it's a two-edged sword he's happily coming for his own those who are dead he's just giving them some like nice state barrier, state protocol. Yeah, it's like, whoa, the honorables. Let's go together. I'm escorting you with angels. You know, Bible says when poor Lazarus died, angels came to carry him. And the rich man died and was buried. It's just a clear sign about the escort. Some will be buried in hell and some will be what? Escorted by angels to heaven. I think you'll be part of the angelic escort. So the second coming is judgment. And that judgment is based on one important thing. Whether you knew Jesus and received him as your Lord and personal Savior. Praise the Lord. Whoa. That's number one. Then there will be some form of judgment for the believers too. Even those who will be caught up. And that's what I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about. Maybe in this month. That when you are past the test to become a child of God. There is judgment that awaits you. First of all, not to backslide into hell. And even when you are with God, that you will run your race well. And finish your course and present your works. Present your what? I can't hear you. Present your what? Your works. Salvation has a purpose on earth. That you present some works. So, in okay, let's look at verse 18 of that chapter 4. Wherefore, comfort one another. With these words. Okay, so we, we have to comfort ourselves that we have a place to go. We are going to heaven. Are we not going to heaven? So once we set off to go, nah, it's a but I'm not sure people will be comfortable dancing when we are going. Because whether your joy will be complete 
or not. It is dependent on what we are going to be dealing with the rest of the month. Works. What is it? I can't hear you. What? One more time. Say purpose. Say assignment. Say task. Say ministry. Say your works. Now, tell someone whether you'll be happy or you'll not be happy. It will be dependent much on your works. So, in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking to them from verse 1. And LP quoted the verse 5 or so this morning. He said, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, so you know, he's speaking to the unbelievers, that they shall be caught on our ways. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are not in darkness. You are in light. It's not a mystery. So nothing should take you by surprise. He said, ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Say I'm not of the night or of darkness. Say I'm a child of light. Nothing should take me by surprise. Verse 6. Watch it. He said, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So you see that if you are a child of the light, you are a child of God, you are for the day. The day is for work. Jesus said, he said, the night come and where no man will be able to work. 12 hours in the day, 12 hours in the night. He said, you can't work in the night. You work in the day. The day, children of the day, children of light represent people who are here to work for God. Tell somebody you are here to work for God. Don't waste the day. I can't hear you. Tell somebody, don't waste the day. The day is for work. The light is for work. Because the night comes where there will be no light and you cannot work. You, you find out that during the Doomsaw era, productivity was very low. Because there was no light. So, you and I have been saved and we are still here because we need to work whilst it's day. Or else, <laughs> we'll be wasting the day and there are serious implications for that. So, verse 7, the Bible says in verse 7, look at it. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. So, it's, it's, it's okay to do that, that, and sleep, sleep, okay? Same word can be there. Are you seeing it? For they that sleep, sleep in the night, but the emphasis should be different. And they that do that be drunken are drunken in the night. Whoa. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation. So three things. One, the breastplate of faith, love, and hope. Say faith, 
love, and hope. One more time. Say faith, love, and hope. Say it. Faith, love, and hope. Say three powerful elements. It says we should live in faith. We should, the faith should be driven by love. And we should have hope that one day the Lord is coming. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your love for God. And faith worked by love is important because not everything you are expecting as a believer will come to you. And you cannot backslide because you didn't get what you are looking for. Because your love for God is greater than what you can get from him. Are you here? If faith doesn't work by love, if a relationship doesn't work by love, when some things are not on ground, you will leave. Or when God, you are expecting something from him, you will see that some people say, but why did you, why did you stop being a Christian? And say, oh, so that is faith without love. Are you here? So faith working by love means that you are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know he's able. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we are not bowing. Uh-huh. That, that kind of position. Is God talking to someone? And hope. And this hope does not disappoint. Hope that one day we'll be doing a dance in the air. In the air. And we'll be going with the angels. You, you meet angels and say, boy, give me five. Quite Nice. Tell somebody, it's nice, pa. It's nice. I don't know if I... Have I preached this morning? Yeah. This should be your hope. But one day, one day. Verse 8. So for God, it's about let us who are... So, yeah. Let's do verse 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have obtained something. Who died for us that whether we, we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Somebody say, matter is settled. Whether we die before the rapture or we are alive during the rapture, he says that, that we will not miss it. Say, I'm not going to miss it. No, this one you need to say it to. <laughs> I'm not missing this thing called rapture. Yeah. If you are in church today, and you have this opportunity not to miss it. And you know your decisions are making you to miss it. This should help you to reflect that there is a, there is a journey ahead of us. And it's a serious matter. There nobody can beg for you. Praise the Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Hebrews 9, 27. Please, very quickly. Let's read together. One go. And as it is what? Appointed unto men once to what? Die. But after this what? The judgment. You see, when we cross this boundary, there is no mercy. How do I know? The rich man was begging Lazarus that, Charlie, Drop the tip of your finger in water and put it on my tongue. My tongue is burning. I was boasting, but now my tongue is on fire. 
Abraham shared in my catch and say, Baby, I want a baby, I want the acquire. That's there is no mercy. He made a request, okay, um, send Lazarus to go and talk to my brothers. They said, No, let him listen to Pastor Francis. He's preaching right there. No messenger is living in heaven today. If they have to listen, Pastor Francis is there. Let them listen to him. If they are not listening to him, they will come and meet us here. Wow. So at that point, there is no mercy again. There is no generosity again. Once we cross this boundary, your decisions don't matter. Your begging don't matter. I think some people have PhD in begging, crying. Oh, we are brothers. When we cross like that, the humor brothers will be. He said, once we cross, the next thing is what? Judgment. So if there is any opportunity you and I have, this is it. Tell somebody, this time is the only opportunity we have. To make it count. And ask somebody, are you going to make it count? Or you are going to blow it? Hey, I think I've not made it complex at all. You and I will have to make it count. So, Jesus came, saved you. You need to make a decision into it. And that decision is to be for Jesus and stay till he comes. To pick you. You are waiting not on yourself. You are waiting on him. And you want to be stable and to find you qualified. Well, you won't have time to land on Eto. That thing, no. You will be caught up and you, you will not jump because you will not even know the time. He is coming and he himself is selecting with the blast of the trumpet. Pampana, pananana, away. Think about your soul. Think, think about where you spend eternity. This life is not, it's not just about things here. Good that we will marry, good that we will go to school. It's great that we'll be working, but think about your soul. I think I'm not going into the works. I'll go some other time. Think about your soul. And I'll make sure that each service will hear the same thing. Maybe different scriptures, but we have to hear the same thing. Some people sell their soul. You can imagine selling your soul to eternal destruction for things that are perishable. And when we are caught up, Houses will not make sense. When we are caught up, if somebody asks Jesus, if this woman married this one and died, and this one died, and this one died, when we get there, whose wife will she be? Jesus said, there, there, we don't marry. So it's not like... <laughs> nothing here will matter there. This marriage, that wafan is a trophy. It will not matter there. The school that you have taken it like a trophy. Like, hey, do you know who I am? I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. All of that will not matter there. Don't you know I'm the husband? 
friend, submit. This person I used to scream on, hey, submit. You will see, you say, hi, Jim. <laughs> Even some of you say, call me my husband. My Lord, Mira. One friend now, to me, no one month. You don't respect me. You don't respect me. You don't respect me. Boy, all of that will not matter there. You too, you don't love me. If you love me, Uncle, eh. I'll be my cash, you know. All of that will not matter there. Do you know where I work? Do you know my debility? All of that will not what matter there. In fact, the dress boy you are wearing, when you are caught up, Jesus Christ, the dress will fall here. The Bible says that mortality will take on immortality. That's it. You all this that I have boobs. Oh, yes, what? It's, it's bad. Is it bad? I have bad, I got boobs. What do you have? You will take on a different body. So we will all be going naked like we came. And we will not see breasts. We will not see buttocks. We will not see all the other things. Not, you will just take on a different body. Uh, going naked like that, the nakedness crampo is not in our head. Boy. To be sure, you get your way or your bar. Here, come bar. Way your bar. There, no. When we are going, when we are going, dust will return to dust. Mortality will take on what? Immortality. Same body. All of us will be in the same country. We will all be the same bind. As I see, so had a title here. I'm pastor, I'm evangelist, doctor, reverend. Well, I see people just piling it up, piling it up. Wow, Charlie. No, 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 no. But you, you are a pastor, me, I'm a right reverend. It's like my rank is higher. <laughs> rank. Wow. Tell somebody, they will not matter. I can't hear you at all. That's what they will not matter again. Things will not matter. Tell them things that matter here may not so much matter. In fact, they will not matter at all. The reason why this is important is that if these things will not matter in that journey, making them the focus that makes you lose the opportunity to be on that journey. It's one of the saddest things of life. I don't have money. It's the reason why I miss heaven. I don't have a dress. It's the reason why I'm not in fellowship. I don't have transport. I used to walk many hours to go for fellowship. I used to walk, walk from Abu. I'm going all the way to Elmina to go and pray. Or from town to UCC um, Botanical Gardens to pray. Or from town to Abra to go for fellowship. 
just part of maintaining my salvation. Because, because we are energy-based people. Anything that is energy-based, if you don't keep recharging it, it loses the energy. So faith can be lost. Zeal can be lost. Are you here at all? So every time we have to, we have to put ourselves on charge. So you can say, oh, I can stay home and do my own. The energy is going. We know that when we take the phone off the charger, we know that the phone can survive. But every minute means that you are dying slowly, even though you are surviving. True or false? So it's not something to pride yourself by the time. That's what the Bible says that if the Lord doesn't shorten the time, even the very elect, because if, if God doesn't manage the time, some people, their battery will die. And when battery dies, when they call you, you can't respond. You see that you are backslided fully. And you that was originally a candidate for the dance in the air, you possibly may become something else. Time. And this time around can be the reason why you lose your faith. Perilous times shall come. And because of that, the love of many shall wax cold. But they that endure shall be saved. Say, I receive endurance. I can't hear you. Say, I receive endurance. Endure means that I have taste for this thing. But because I have hope of the rapture, I'm going to endure this taste. I'm going to defer it. I'm not going to I'm, going to, I'm not going to satisfy this taste, this pleasure, because I want to endure so that I will be saved. Or else, and all of that. So you want to endure, you want to what? Endure means that I'm going to be on ground like a soldier in a parade. He's there. I one, but still he's maintaining the composure. Praise the Lord. Ask somebody, do you have stamina to wait until the Lord comes for you? Or you are doing things anyhow? If you are in light, fight and this is a fight something that some people will gain and others will lose that means that it's a fight it's what because if everybody has the ability or has the what it takes to gain it then all of us will go but some will fail and some will succeed so the fact that some will succeed means that you have to fight Fight to be included. Fight. Justify your inclusion. Praise the Lord. With a fight. With what? That's why some things, sometimes when I'm there, I want to do something foolish. But the fight for eternity will now check me and say, no. Some people say, once you receive Christ, it doesn't matter. One saved, forever saved. 
You know, Jesus said that two people will be lying on the bed. I didn't say it. One will be taken and one will remain. Some will be at the housetop and some will be taken away. So I, I want to find out one saved forever saved. If at the time the trumpet sounds, if you are in Kwekubunsam shrine, consulting his Kofi Kofi idol, eh? cutting animal on it, blah, blah, and then the trumpet sounds, Pampana, Pananana, Entuunsu Mawakwana. No, I need an answer. Give me a microphone. Hey, bring the mic. Bring the mic. Oh, first of all, what do you think? <laughs> you are the pastor. I don't think so. You don't think so that what? <laughs> that I'll be caught up. That you'll be caught up? Okay, give, give it to this one. Uh, give, let, let's ask. What do you think? Daddy, please, I don't think I'll make it. You don't think you'll make it? Why? Because I'm not consulting the right channel. Okay, give it to this. Evans, yeah. What do you think? I don't think I'll make it. Why? Why are you? Is it because you are in church that you are thinking that you will not make it? I thought you are saved now. Okay, when they do did pampana panana na 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 me fancy nyamim pengu ima enya wada ne madu biroso jineni obuni musa jineni sa. Hey, you be in the air. Every day you must be living for the Lord. You must be living for the Lord. Every day. Live for Jesus. You will not lose anything. When we get to heaven, you see that there is a better life there than the one we saw here. And you should aspire. You should have hope to be part of that better life. And if you think there is trouble here, wait for the, the real trouble in hell. That you will even be, you, you, you will miss the earth if you go to hell. That this Akufa to Ghana, not knowing is way, way better than anything called hell. Kaunyankawa to be Ghana. There is greater evil coming on. And there is greater joy coming. Ask somebody, where do you want to be? Where? Where do you want to be? Alright, please, let's stand to our feet, I think. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. 
podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshealthchapel.org one word. For further information, call 244 877 831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.